0: After Monday's NFL action, we now know that the Baltimore Ravens are going to be facing off against the Houston Texans in the division around, and this could be a perfect matchup for the Ravens. We'll talk about why and so much more come out next here on this episode of Locked on Ravens. You are Locked on Ravens, your daily Baltimore Ravens podcast, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome in to another edition of Lockdown Ravens. We are your daily Baltimore Ravens podcast. And I'm your host, Kevin Ostriker of Ravens Wire, coming to you from the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every single day. As always, thanks so much for being here and making Lockdown Ravens your first listen each and every day. We are free and available on all podcasting platforms and includes in video form on YouTube and in audio form wherever. You get your shows. Today's episode of Locked On Ravens is brought to you by LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn Jobs hope to find the qualified candidates you want to talk through faster. Post your job for free at LinkedIn.com slash LockedOnNFL. It's LinkedIn.com slash LockedOnNFL to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. Again, be sure to subscribe to the channel here on YouTube and also follow along in audio form. Five days a week, Ravens content Monday through Friday, plus bonus episodes, bonus lives. Rocco DeSangro from Fox 45 and the Ryan Ripken Show joins us now after joining us for a bonus episode on Sunday, we talked about Lamar Jackson's legacy, a ton of great content in there, and a ton of great content today, Rocco, is we played the guessing game on Sunday, didn't we? Where we, we were trying to figure out who the Ravens are going to play. We recorded that episode before Sunday, and we didn't know any of the playoff games. We we I'm Listening back to it, we talked, <laughs> talked, up the, talked up the Browns. That didn't go so well. The Eagles, you know, they're playing right now as we record this, but I think a lot of people had the Steelers losing to Buffalo and, of course, with the Texans winning... It means Baltimore is hosting Houston this Saturday.
1: I wonder how dumb I sounded just like trying to predict who the Ravens were going to play, not knowing. And just like people that, that might not have listened to you say like, hey, we're recording this episode a few days before and then listening to it. So uh, I apologize for that. We'll, we'll try to we'll try to be correct on our picks going forward in real time here. Yeah. Again, uh,
0: hopefully we will not be clipped too badly for freezing cold takes. I, I, you know, don't don't want to end up appearing on that. But I think with this Houston matchup, Rocco, it's one where we had talked about Houston's, I guess, inexperience, and now Houston's won a playoff game, so I guess they have the experience of doing that with CJ Stroud and Amico Ryan's. And when you look up and down the board, considering their four matchups were Houston, Cleveland, Miami, or Pittsburgh. Houston, they have the quarterback who I think is playing the best, really. I mean, how many quarterbacks have you taken over C.J. Stroud right now? I mean, Lamar is one of them, maybe Mahomes, maybe Allen. But when you talk about matching up Baltimore and Houston, we'll get to it a little bit in the second part of the show as well. I think you have to start with C.J. Stroud.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And the Ravens did a great job of containing C.J. Stroud in that first game of the season. But when when you look at it, that was the first game of C.J. Stroud's young career. And C.J. Stroud has grown so much over the course of that time period. I mean, he, he's turned into such a phenomenal quarterback. And it wouldn't surprise me if he does get some MVP votes. Lamar is my MVP. I'm not, I'm not saying that he's not. But I think C.J. Stroud, he may get some votes because taking a team from where they were with the Texans, winning the division, getting into the playoffs, and doing what he did. I mean, the guy's had a fantastic season for a rookie, and he's got such a bright future ahead. And that You're, you're right, man. For the Ravens to win this game, They need to do much of what they did in that first game. It's going to be, it's going to be tough to hold CJ Stroud to uh, zero touchdowns. I don't see the Ravens doing that, but I do see the defense doing their best job possible in containing CJ Stroud. And I see the Ravens winning this game.
0: I think so too. And I, I, I always say the games are going to be close. And every time I say it, the Ravens just blow their opponent, at least this season, they've blown their opponent out of the water. So I'm going to say it's close. And then I'm going to hope obviously Baltimore goes and does the thing, but Really interesting wide receiver conversation with Houston, too, here, Rocco, because I think Baltimore's secondary matches up really well with Houston's offensive weapons because there's no Tank Dell. We learned on Monday Noah Brown was placed on injured reserve as well, so they're down two of their top, arguably three weapons, maybe four if you want to throw Dalton Schultz into that equation. Tank Dell had just about 700, a little over 700 receiving yards this year. Noah Brown right around 550 So that's about 1,200 to 1,300 yards for Houston just out the door. I mean, to me, Nico Collins is the guy. He's their one right now. He's been balling out. He's a player, and it's kind of crazy to have that Ohio State to Michigan connection with CJ and Nico Collins. But other than that, I mean, John Mechie and and Robert Woods, Stephen Sims, I guess Dalton Schultz too. I feel confident in Baltimore's secondary that if they – it's almost like the Tyree Kill conversation, right? You know Tyreek Kill can beat you. You know he's the top weapon. Shut him down and let someone else beat you. For me in Houston, it's shut Nico Collins down and let someone else beat you.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Nico Collins against the Ravens in that opener. He went six for 80, zero touchdowns because, you know, C.J. Stroud didn't have a touchdown in that game. But Nico Collins, I mean, he, he's the guy. He's the guy right now, and he's just – been fantastic this season as well. He's clicking at the right time and he's had a couple really really good games and he's he's CJ Stroud CJ Stroud's go-to guy and with Brown now on IR, uh you got Tank Dell who's been done for the year. It's that is the guy that the Ravens secondary is going to have to key on, uh take care of, follow all over the field and make sure that CJ Stroud's not not hitting him on big plays. That's a big thing for the Ravens to limit big plays from Stroud to Nico Collins because Those are two guys that can hurt you, Nico Collins especially, uh, with what he's able to do out there. Now, here's the thing for me. When you look at the pure box score stats,
0: Rocco, from what Baltimore and Houston did in the regular season, the run game for both the Ravens defense and the Texans offense, if you had to kind of pick an area, Baltimore's, you know, the Ravens have the top passing defense in the league, and they've balled out this year in that regard, and know they're a top five passing offense, a top five rushing offense. They're the 25th worst or I guess 25th best if you want to call it that against the run 25th in the league 4.5 yards per carry given up now that is I think a little skewed they gave up 300 combined yards against Miami and Pittsburgh in the last two weeks of the season they gave up about 170 to Cleveland in week 10 but I do think it's a it's a product of them having some really really bad games And that's skewing the numbers. Now, Houston is not a great rushing offense when you look at the stats, but I think that is also skewed because they were handing the ball off a lot to Damian Pierce in the early part of the season, who among qualifiers, I think had the worst or one of the worst yards per carry rates right around 2.9. They give their backfield to Devin Singletary. So it's going to be really interesting to me to see the Texans rushing offense against the Ravens rushing defense, because if you can shut down that part of of the Texans offense, and make them one-dimensional, I think that's a success for any defense in any football game. Making offense one-dimensional, especially against the rookie and C.J. Stroud, who's been playing really well, but it takes away an element
1: of your offense. No, absolutely. And, you know, a lot of the talk heading into the postseason was about the Browns' defense. And C.J. Stroud, he, he did a heck of a job. I mean, he, he torched them. So, but, but I'm telling you what, man, Baltimore's defense at the bank, they're fresh. They're ready, they're fired up, and this could be a small window for a lot of these guys, the Patrick Queens, uh, the Justin Matabiques. Obviously, you're hoping that the Ravens potentially franchise tag him or extend him, but Queen, we're unsure about his future here in Baltimore. They know that their time in Baltimore could be running out. You, you hope that's not the case. I would love to see the Ravens keep uh, Patrick Queen and Matabike for the long haul. With Matabike, I think he's going to be a Raven for a very long time. Queen, I'm I'm really, really not sure about what happens after the season. But these guys are fired up, man. They're ready to go. They know it's time. And especially, like, if they can shut down the run game, like you said, if they can contain it, and if they can take care of Nico Collins, CJ Stroud, this is a game, it, regardless of what happens offensively for Houston, I, I don't see the case scenario where – Baltimore loses this game. And that's nothing against Houston. That's nothing against CJ Stroud. That's nothing against D'Amico Ryans. That's nothing against the playmakers. I just think Baltimore is a team that is on a mission right now, defensively, offensively. You talk about locked in. They've been saying that all season long. That's been the motto, the mantra. Lamar Jackson's been talking about it. I mean, for the last couple of weeks, especially. So I think we're going to see a locked in Ravens team on both sides of the ball, especially defensively. Like they—they they know get, They got their work cut out for them with CJ Stroud, but I think they're going to handle business out there.
0: And here we are on Locked On Ravens talking about a locked in Ravens team, pun intended, 100%. So this is going to be a great game, I think. But part of it is the Ravens and the Texans, they're they're at two different points where I think you kind of look at Houston and you kind of, it's the young team, you know, trying to, they found a way to win in the playoffs and they continue that. It's weird to say because it's not the same but I see a little bit of the 2019 Ravens in Houston, where again, it's the younger version. I think this 2023 Ravens team is the grown-up version of the 2019 Ravens. Whereas I think this 2023 Houston team, maybe we'll be talking about the 2024 Texans or 2025 Texans. Maybe they go on some improbable run this year and Rocco make you and I look like fools on this (laughs) show. But to me, I feel like, again, it it almost be it is – in fact, it would be a disaster if Baltimore were to lose this game because of the fact. I think it's it's more understandable if, you know, you lose to the experienced Bills who have kind of been in the playoffs multiple times or the Chiefs who have won multiple Super Bowls. But the Texans are just here now. They're finding their way. And this Ravens team was looked so good all season. Houston, I just feel like would be a team. And honestly, it'd be that way if it was Pittsburgh, Miami or Cleveland, right? Any this, a division around loss would be inexcusable all the way across the board. I think Baltimore knows that too. And so I'm excited to see them hopefully kind of get rid of those demons that they've had in the playoffs these past couple of
1: years. I think with all the talk about, you know, Lamar's playoff record, this and that, can the Ravens get out of the divisional round? You know, they hear all the noise. And if they do lose to the Texans in the divisional round, I don't even want to throw it out there and put it out there that it it can happen, but it's always a possibility. But if they do, players, this fan base – I think everyone in Baltimore would view this season as a failure, regardless of how they finished in the regular season. 13-4 and four aside, one seed first round by because this team is capable of so much more. They're so talented, Kevin. You know it. I know it. Fans know it on both sides of the ball with the weapons they have. This is a different, you touched on it, much more mature team than the 2019 season. Lamar is, is now, what, 20, 26, 27 years old. He's older. He's not in his second season right now. He's playing at such a high level and he, not that he wasn't playing at a high level. And obviously he was unanimous MVP in 2019, but he he is what he's able to do in Todd Munkin's offense. I mean, he's evolved this season, especially so for the Ravens at at this point in time with where they are and how mature they are, you kind of hit the nail on the head. It's like looking at this team and what they have in front of them, what they can accomplish. They know what's at stake, man. And I, if a Texans team comes in here and beats them, it's it's not going to look great uh, for for this team for this franchise right here. Yeah, it's it's like it's a nightmare to envision what this Let's show not, would look like. Let's throw it out the window because I know there are going to be fans out there that are already nervous. They're like, "Oh no, like here we go!" But like, I, I think you should have high hopes about this game. I think if you're a fan, if you're going to the game, if you're watching on TV. Uh, trust in this team, trust in what they do and what what they've done to get to this point. And, you know, the whole rust factor and whatnot, they had a much tighter practice schedule during the bye week than they did in 2019. This is a much more focused Ravens team. And, like, they're going to go out, and I, I really believe that they're going to prove it to to everybody that they're for real.
0: Yeah, and, again,
1: playoffs are nerves, right? Everybody gets
0: a little nervous during the playoffs because and, and anything can happen. And I think for the – what do the Texans have to lose here? Right. They, they've already had a great season. I think gone farther than anybody thought they were going to go yep. this season. They're playing with house money. If they lose the Ravens in the divisional, it's all right, cool. We had a great season, made a ton of strides. Let's go back to the drawing board. If the Ravens, if the Ravens lose, it's, oh, my, they're the best team in the league. This what they're one and done again. All these conversations have to happen. Yeah, it's, so it's going to be, yeah. It's it's completely different in terms of where these teams are, and that's why I think again Texans I think are a pretty perfect matchup for the Ravens. And coming up, we'll continue talking about why that is the case. Stay tuned for that. A lot to get to on Lockdown Ravens. First, this episode is brought to you by linkedin and at the start of the new year every small business owner is asking themselves the same question what's the one move i can make that'll take my business to the next level in 2024 LinkedIn jobs knows who are successful depends on the team you surround yourself with that's why linkedin jobs has created the tools to help you find the right professionals for your team faster and for free and for me i've had a ton of great experiences over on linkedin whether it's me finding jobs i have networked i've connected on there it's really really great linkedin isn't just another job board. linkedin has a vast network of more than a billion professionals which make it the best place to hire hiring is really easy too when you have many quality candidates so easy, in fact, that 80% of small businesses get qualified candidates within 24 hours. And maybe you want to achieve some goals in 2024. The right team member might be able to help you do that. That's why small businesses are right running jobs. Number one, delivering quality hires. We're competitors. LinkedIn also knows the small businesses are wearing so many hats and might not have the time or resources to hire. Thank you. With LinkedIn, the process is intuitive, quick, and easy. Push your job for free on LinkedIn.com. And push a job for free. So if apply. We're back our second segment locked on Ravens. Kevin Ostreicher still talking with Rocco DeSangro and Rocco. One interesting part of what I think matches these two teams up and at least gives Baltimore an advantage in the whole thing is partially because when you look at the the stats, you look at box scores, but what doesn't pop up on pure box scores, the offensive line. And for Baltimore, there are a lot of questions about the offensive line, especially in the middle part of the season, Ronnie Stanley, was really going through it, really struggling, was definitely dealing with some injuries. Morgan Moses, I think the same thing. Now, Tyler Linderbaum and Kevin Zeitler have been pretty rock solid the entire season. John Simpson, I mean, he's been eons better than what I thought he was going to be entering the season. I think even though he's had some ups and downs, but their offensive line, Baltimore's at least, has looked really good over the past month, month and a half of the season here. I think the rest of the benefits, guys like Ronnie Stanley and Morgan Moses. Now, do they continue with the the tackle rotation? I mean, if it's not broken, I wouldn't fix it. I think if it's working, it's fine. But the Texans do have some players on that defensive line. John Grenard with 12 and a half sacks. Will Anderson was just a beast in that (laughs) Cleveland game. Derek Barnett gets a couple. I mean, that to me is the matchup that I want to watch. It's Baltimore's offensive line against Houston's defensive line.
1: Yeah. Will Anderson, I covered him in Alabama and that dude is, I mean, one of the guys you mentioned, he he's a stud and he was picked where he was picked because people viewed him as the best defensive player in the draft. And I, I think he's starting to show people like how good he really can be when he reaches his full potential. And he's not even there yet, which is the crazy part. So the Ravens, their offensive line is going to have their hands full with Will Anderson, other guys on the, on the defensive line. But I think this rest is really going to benefit those guys. You know, Obviously, with the practice schedule, they're they're trying to gear up, stay as healthy as possible. And the injury report will be telling when that comes out. We'll know more like, okay, what guys are are truly banged up this week? Because when we saw that like long CVS receipt list of of injury report, like all the players that were on that list uh, during the Steelers game, it was like, it looked like the sky was falling, but what we realized, okay, the Ravens have the one C locked up. They have the first round by locked up. They're probably going to rest some guys. Some guys are, you know, they're definitely banged up on the injury report, but now it, it will really be telling like who's banged up, who's ready to go and who's ready to handle this Texans defensive line and, and their defense as a whole. Yeah. And, and it's really key because Baltimore, we know they're the third best rushing rushing offense in the
0: league but houston has the second best rushing defense in the league but one of the ways i think the ravens can attack the texans is by running the football early and establishing that because then you can work off play action with that the texans will have to start stacking the box a little bit they'll start creeping their safeties closer and they will bite on some of those and with the way lamar jackson's been slinging the ball hopefully zay's healthy enough to to go in this one i know john harbaugh expressed certain levels of optimism, different levels of optimism for certain players as opposed to other ones. But at this point, I think that it just work. you can work off of certain things. And with the way Gus, I think he's slowing down a little bit, but he still I think can make some stuff happen. Justice Hill has looked electric pretty much the entire season. And O'Keefe Mitchell kind of came in there and, and took his job for about two months. But he's <laughs> stepped up. And then I think the big question is Dalvin. I mean what is Dalvin Cook's role going to look like Rocco, do you think Dalvin is going to have an extensive role come Saturday against the Texans?
1: What's today? Today is is Monday, and they have Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday to practice. And Dalvin Cook's been with the team for a week. He's gotten a week of practice under his belt. I think we are going to see some Dalvin Cook. It, it really would not surprise me. Now, I could be completely wrong, but it would, it would not surprise me if we see Dalvin Cook in uh, the next three games, if, if I don't want to, you know, jinx the ravens right now but divisional round, afc championship and then super bowl if the ravens get there i think dalvin cook you don't sign him and bring him in here he could be looked at as like a safety blanket or some depth to the running back room but but this is a guy that is one year removed from being an 1100 yard back and when he was with the jets Brees hall was getting a lot of those opportunities i really truly think that dalvin cook can help the ravens in more ways than he can hurt the ravens so I think we're going to see some Dalvin Cook in the divisional round, maybe a practice squad elevation. Uh, he gets he gets on there and gets some reps. Um, I don't know how how big his workload would be if he comes up and, and does come in. Maybe he gets a few carries. Maybe he gets a lot of carries. Maybe John Harbaugh and Todd Munkin kind of gauge that depending on what they think Dalvin Cook can actually, can actually bring in this game. But I, I really do think we're going to see Dalvin Cook out there on the field. Yeah, and a shameless plug for
0: Monday's show. We we had Dalvin Cook's agent on, and, and he talked a little bit about what he expects his role to be. And again, he 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 wouldn't say what it's going to be, but he said he's excited for it. And the rest of the Ravens' are gonna have to find out later. So m- reading into some comments, maybe Dalvin's gonna have a big role here. So the silence
1: is telling, right there. If he's not saying <laughs> it. It could be bigger than we expect.
0: Yeah, so I'm looking – look, four-time Pro Bowler, four straight Pro Bowls. And, again, the Jets, their offensive line was putrid this year. Once Aaron Rodgers went down, it seemed like they just wanted to kind of hand the future over to Brees Hall and Garrett yeah. Wilson and just see what they had. These are the, these numbers Dalvin had were the worst ever, like even worse in his rookie season. But yeah. I don't think that tells the story. I don't think it's, oh, Dalvin's washed and everything. Dalvin, he's he has the track record. He had it in Minnesota.
1: I just don't think the Jets were the right fit. And I think Baltimore is a fit for him. I know that running backs shelf lives; that they, they're not the longest out of out of football players. Like they may be some of the shortest out of out of the position, the skill players. But Dalvin Cook, I just don't see him just falling off one year removed, like like we just talked about, having a 1,000 plus yard season with the Vikings. I, I really do think Dalvin Cook can help this team. And with Aaron Rodgers when he came in. All the questions were like, all right, how's Dalvin Cook? Like the Jets paid him that amount of money for a reason. They thought Dalvin Cook could truly help the Jets out. But when Aaron Rodgers goes down, when he when he tears his Achilles, that kind of threw a wrench in the whole thing. That screwed everything up. Because now you're looking at okay, an offense with Aaron Rodgers and Dalvin Cook to an offense with Zach Wilson and Dalvin Cook. And then it turned into an offense with Zach Wilson and Brees Hall and other guys at the quarterback position. So it kind of got crazy over there in New York, but I, like I said, I don't doubt what Dalvin Cook can bring to the table here in Baltimore. I don't think Eric DaCosta, with the signings especially that he's made this season, Kyle Van Noy, Jadavian Clowney, other guys, is going to bring in a Dalvin Cook unless he thinks he can truly help the Ravens out and compete and contend for a Super Bowl.
0: Yeah, if there was a year to doubt Eric DeCosta, it is not this one.
1: Not no. not this one. Not
0: at all. <laughs> Almost every single move, really. I think all but well, I think the Rocky Osien one is probably the most disappointing. Other than that, I mean. He's probably hit every single one, nail, nail on the head. So incredible off-season slash in-season signings for him. But Rocco, let's speculate for a second. We did a lot of that on the bonus episode, so we're, we're no strangers to it over here. The Ravens make a couple roster moves on Monday. They wave Laquan Treadwell and they put Pepe Williams back on injured reserve. Now, I identify four players as candidates, at least, to take up roster spots. We know Mark Andrews came back to practice on Friday. We can speculate about that all we want to. I don't know if he'll be back or not, but he's an option. Ardarius Washington maybe is another guy you could put back on the roster after he was designated. Maybe you put Dalvin Cook on the active roster, although I maybe just see him as a practice squad elevation. And then Devin DuVernay seems like probably the most likely to take up a roster spot here. They have two open ones right now. Which two Ravens are you expecting to be back on the roster here, maybe as soon as Tuesday?
1: Is this a curveball? You said you were gonna throw No, no, that's still coming. That's coming up. That's coming up. I think Duvernay is gonna be one. You're probably gonna see him, you know, go back on the active roster, get moved there because he's back at practice. He was doing his thing last week. I don't I don't know about Andrews. It it will be, I mean, this this week of practice, it'll depend on what he does participation-wise. Because on Friday, he was going through the individual drills. That's really all he did. Saturday, they had him. Hour and a half practice at M&T Bank Stadium, but I don't know, like if that was seemed like it was probably like more than a walkthrough, or more like a walkthrough, getting guys custom, you know, custom to that, and and just going to M&T Bank Stadium and getting them in that mindset. Um, I I don't know, man. I don't know. I think I think Cook is going to be used as a. Why, why wouldn't you use him as a practice squad elevation if if you can? So I'll go with Devin Duvernay, and we'll go with our Darius as well.
0: Yeah, I, I, it's going to be weird because. You would say, Oh, well, you want to use. I think Melvin's probably an inactive in these situations if you want to do that and you want to put Dalvin up. But yeah, I think our Darius, because I don't, I just don't know if Andrews is ready yet. I mean, I would maybe, and I'm no doctor, but I think that maybe AFC championship, maybe if you want to that extra week, if you make the Super Bowl, get, get a national extra week of rest and have that final reinforcement. I mean, yeah. That, that that could be an option that they have as well. So plenty of options for the Ravens, a couple of roster spots with flexibility. Coming up, though, we'll be rounding out the show, continuing to talk about the Texans and how they match up with the Ravens and vice versa. Stay tuned, a lot to get to on the show. First, this episode is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook. And the NFL regular season is all wrapped up, but the playoffs are in full swing, and there's still time to get in on the action with FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. Right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets. Guaranteed when you place a $5 bet. It's $150 in bonus bets, win or lose. The app is super easy to use, and there are so many different ways to bet, like live same-game parlays. You can find bets into a sports tab. You can make a parlay in the Parlay Hub, the best way to find popular parlays, and so much more. So for the Ravens and Texans, divisional round matchup, maybe you want to put together a parlay, as a likely, as a flowers, a little backup anytime touchdown, the possibilities over there. Are endless. So visit fandom.com slash lock. Don't make it first by the layup, fan official partner of the NFL. And this episode is brought to you by Jace Medical. And I know we come to sports to escape from some of the crazy realities of real life, but can we just talk for a minute about actually preparing for real life? According to the FDA, pharmacy is running out of antibiotics like moxicillin right in the middle of the worst flu season in over a decade. That's pretty scary. And I can't imagine a more helpless feeling than if someone I cared about got sick while a supply chain issue kept them from life-saving medication they needed. Thankfully, it'll be okay because of Jace Medical. The Jace case is a pack of five different antibiotics to treat long-list bacterial infections and illnesses like UTI, stressatory infections, sinusitis, skin infections, among others. This stuff could happen to any of us. This is jacemedical.com. Complete your physician encounter will be reviewed by a board certified physician and your medication will be dispensed by a licensed pharmacy at a fraction of regular cost. It's never been more important to be prepared than today. Go to jacemedical.com and use offer code LOCKDOWN to get $20 off your order. We're back. Our final seminar locked on Ravens. Kevin Ostriker, Rocco DeSangro coming at you on a Tuesday, a Taco Tuesday. If that is every Tuesday, it's Taco Tuesday here on Locked On Ravens. But Rocco, this whole episode, we haven't talked about Lamar Jackson at all. And I think it's funny because we're, we're kind of looking and we're talking about CJ Stroud. What does this mean? What does that mean? But we know the player Lamar is. We talked about him a lot for the bonus episode. Second MVP. I mean, that's coming down the docket here. Who knows? if he's going to win the Super Bowl, but if he does, that's going to affect his legacy. But some of these words that kind of come to mind when you're talking about Lamar, and some of the words I want to come to mind, hopefully when we're done with this whole run for Lamar. I mean, leader, ring, banner, championship, this whole thing. I think what you want to associate Lamar with that stuff, the first thing Lamar has to do It's not all his fault, but the playoff record is going to come up. I think this game against Houston is the one where he can start to kind of buck these trends and get them off of his shoulders. Not that they're weighing him down, but he's certainly excited to be in these moments and be healthy for him.
1: He's pumped up. And you you could even tell with him talking to Tom Brady on his podcast, um, just the player You've seen him become this year. Not that Lamar Jackson wasn't wasn't a great player before, one of the best players in the NFL, but to do what he's doing again and to go out there, lead his team, and be a game changer like we all know Lamar Jackson is capable of being. And the key to him winning an MVP and winning a Super Bowl is being healthy. There were a lot of critics and people that said Lamar Jackson couldn't stay healthy health was an issue and maybe that's why I I don't know why teams passed on him in free agency or you know trying to go after him and you know sign him sign him to an offer sheet but I mean honestly like it's kind of crazy to me but but looking at Lamar Jackson and what he's done this season and how he's evolved in Todd Munkin's offense we talked about that earlier how he's evolved as, as a leader how he's evolved as someone you see the videos from from when Ravens do their wired after they score the touchdown after they go up big he's just like no we're not done we're we're not done it's like we got to stay locked in we got to keep our focus that's what I love to see from Lamar Jackson but the key really is is him being healthy him being out there because that's something he wasn't able to do towards the end of the last two seasons he was not healthy to finish either of the last two seasons. So to have Lamar Jackson out there healthy, to have Lamar Jackson leading the way, conducting the offense, doing what he does best and changing the games, that's what the Ravens need the most. And that's not necessarily why we're seeing a more locked in Lamar Jackson. I think with the contract being out of the way, you know, believe what you want. He can say what he wants, but I do believe that was a distraction for everyone. Not in a bad way, but that's, that's all everyone talked about leading up to it. It was like, all right, when is Lamar Jackson going to sign? What's his future look like? Now we know what Lamar Jackson's future looks like here in Baltimore, but he can make the most of his own future in potentially winning some hardware down the line, not just an MVP I'm talking about, but what did the guy say when he got drafted? What did he want to bring Baltimore? Bowl, Wanted to bring him a Super Bowl. That was, that was one of the first things he said in that interview with Deion Sanders. They're going to get a Super Bowl out of me. All right, Lamar. It's your time to prove it, and I'm not saying that in a bad way, but he wants to do that as much as everyone here, this fan base, wants him to. So I truly believe that Lamar Jackson is going to do that this season. I I know we're looking ahead right now. It's the divisional round. they got to get past this first, but I've said it time and time again, man. I've talked with you. I've talked with other people. The only team that I see beating the Ravens right now is the Ravens. They went through that gauntlet, and they passed that test. They're here, playoff mode, activated.
0: Yeah, 1,000%. Well, and you, you kind of talk about, well, Houston and it being a perfect matchup for the Ravens in a lot of areas. You look back at that week one game, and Lamar, looking over some of these stats is so funny. Broquan Smith had 16 tackles in this game. So start, start, talking about starting the season off with a bang. And then Brandon Stevens had 12. Queen had 11. But Baltimore had five sacks in this game. And the Texans' offensive line was a little beat up in this one. But Roquan had a sack. Or Harris Washington had a sack. He was playing. This was the start of Justin Matabike season two. He had one. Uh, David Ajabo. I mean, we're, th- we're throwing out names here. But the key thing that I'm looking at is Zay Flowers had 10 targets in this game. There was no other Raven that had more than three. I think when you talk about how this offense has evolved from week one, we talk about how the Texans are a different team, but the Ravens are also a different team you see guys like Isaiah Likely and, you know, Rashad Bateman stepping into the fold. And I think Lamar is just spreading the ball out more. And I think that is the best thing for this offense right now, because they can do work. We know they can do work, but I think that even in, if it's not a high volume passing game, Lamar only threw the ball 22 times in this one. Even if he's thrown it 25 times, 26 times, he's now, I think established more of a connection, more of a rapport with more of the receivers and that, to me, is a key come playoff time, especially against the Texans secondary that has players on it, but I'm not necessarily super sold on.
1: No, that, yeah, I would agree with you there. And with, with Lamar, man, like looking at those stats, him going 17 of 22, which isn't bad, for but, but for just like 169 yards and a pick. And then he ran six times for 38 yards. This was the game afterwards. Um, correct me if I'm wrong, but I remember – just the fan base, like what's, what's this offense here? You know, it's like, it's like we we can be better than this. And then there were some questions about this Todd Munkin offense and there were some more questions about the Todd Munkin offense. And it's just like at times you have to be patient and it's so hard to be patient because you hear all these good things about Todd Munkin's offense in the off season, how he's going to change everything how, how the, you know, he's going to take the Ravens to new heights offensively. And it's going to be like night and day from what Greg Roman kind of ran um, his offense. But like at times it was like, all right, what, when's this going to happen? When's this going to happen? And then it finally did. And now you're seeing that now you're seeing what a, a Todd Munkin led offense, Lamar Jackson leading the way, those two just, just clicking. I feel like, I mean, it's really cool to see, man, to see these guys just like, Munken dials it up, Lamar executes it. And sometimes if a play breaks down, Lamar's doing his own thing. It's like on the playground. He's he's like with, with that Isaiah likely play against the Jaguars, where, where they had him contained, they had him locked up, and he goes, goes around, he ducks down, he breaks a tackle, and he just tosses it up to likely. Like, I love that from Lamar Jackson. And what you're seeing with with the Ravens offense is what Todd Munkin, what Lamar Jackson, what this offense fully is capable of. And I think. The Texans are going to struggle with that because love or hate Joe Flacco. I feel like a lot of people here truly do love Joe Flacco. They still really care about him. And he's going to be, you know, in the ring of honor one day here at M&T Bank Stadium. And, you know, he, he brought this city a Super Bowl. But Joe Flacco is not Lamar Jackson. We know that. Joe Flacco is not nearly as mobile as Lamar Jackson. What Lamar can do with his legs, what Lamar can do with his arm, it's special. So the Texans... While they did see it already this season, it was early. And I give the advantage to the Ravens and Lamar because just like the Texans, you've seen the Ravens evolve over time since that very first game.
0: Yeah, two teams that looked a lot different in week one than they're going to look in the divisional round. So let's round out the show, Rocco, with the same question that I kind of asked you to start off the show but in a different way. Overall, how are you feeling about the Ravens matchup with the Texans on a scale of one to ten, how good are you feeling? I'll
1: give it an eight. I'll give it an eight. I don't. I don't want to give it a ten. I don't want to give anything a ten. But you know, let's go eight and a half. Let's go eight and a half. Honestly, I feel really good about it. I don't know how the fan base feels. I think they feel pretty good. But there's always that question of okay, the rust factor. How are these guys going to respond coming off the bye week? How are these guys going to respond? Is there going to be any rust factor? We've looked at the games. You know, the bye week. They came off of they won that game i know it wasn't the prettiest win we looked at when they came back from london they absolutely dominated the next game and there was probably some jet lag there as well my confidence in the ravens is very high because on the offensive side of the ball you have a guy like lamar jackson locked in lamar we're gonna start calling him there you and go. then on the defensive side of the ball you have a leader like roquan smith and you didn't have that in 2019 you didn't have a roquan smith on your team and this is a guy listening to him in the locker room man. listening to some of the stuff he says, I want to run through a brick wall for him. So like when the Ravens get on the field ahead of the, whether it's like, I, I don't know, like three 30, leading up to that uh, four 30 game. When Roquan Smith breaks them down for the final time, you're going to see how fired up these guys are. And I think they're going to come out and they're going to punch the Houston Texans in the mouth.
0: Yeah. I don't know how many fans feel this way. And this is kind of how I'm feeling, but with the whole rest versus rust thing, if the Ravens win this one, I think a lot of people will feel a lot more relieved because it's okay. that they, they, they won the game and now they've played a playoff game. There's no rust. So I feel like a lot of people are nervous for this one, one because of how 2019 went, but two, just to kind of get it out of the way. And then everything will kind of fall into place after that. So I don't know. It's kind of how I'm feeling where it's like, if they can do this thing, they can do anything. If they can win this one, they can win any game. So that to me is kind of, I don't know. It's kind of yes. how I'm feeling a
1: little bit. Yeah, i look at the teams and the quarterbacks. They've beaten the stretch, down oh, yeah? the stretch with, with Herbert, with Stafford, with Lawrence, with Brock Purdy, and, and the 49ers, and their potent offense and how good they were, then just dominating the Dolphins and, and Tua. And then I know they lost the last game, but half their starters didn't even play in that game because they were resting guys up. So it doesn't concern me. I'm, that's, I'm not trying to discredit C.J. Stroud. I, I am – he, he's a fantastic quarterback. D'Amico Ryans is a fantastic head coach, and they've done a great job. And I really think the Texans, they have a bright future in the league. And it's really cool to see because of where they were and the turnaround story is so cool. But Baltimore doesn't want to be a part of that. The Ravens want no parts of that, that Cinderella, that turnaround story. They want to go out there and dominate these guys, and that's exactly what I think they're going to do.
0: Yeah, I'm excited for it. I think Lamar, CJ Stroud, two of the bright young quarterbacks in this They're Going to be a really good matchup, MT Bank, Saturday, 4.30 Eastern. Rocco, I appreciate you. Thanks so much for hopping back on with me. Hopefully no freezing cold takes this time around. Tell people where they can find you, what you're working on, and what you have coming up here.
1: All right, you can watch me on Fox 45. If you have local TV, if you have cable, uh, tune in. We do Sports Unlimited, Morgan Adson and myself, and then along with Kevin, uh, Ryan Ripkin, and I, and Brad Smith, Zach Bollinger, we all do the Ryan Ripken show. So um, we have an episode coming out Tuesday, Thursday. Uh, you can tune in that. Tune into that. We uh, we broadcast live on YouTube and whatnot. So Kevin, you could probably tell them or you you know you're better versed in the YouTube world than I am. So I'm still a rookie.
0: Links will be in the description below for that one. It's been fun. It's been fun. Rocco and I are the short kings of that show. So, uh. <laughs> That, that that's our claim to fame. That's why they keep us around. Over yeah, over.
1: man. We still have to do like a back-to-back measurement, see who's taller. I, I think you might have to be beat though. I'm kind of scared. But well, you well, know what? Well, if it happens, it is what it is.
0: We're always in studio the day that the other isn't. So we haven't been able <laughs> to been able to get it. One day we will though. Maybe it'll be this week. I'm not sure yet. But links again to working work in the description below. Thanks so much for tuning in to Locked On Ravens today. Coming up tomorrow, of course. We'll be back here talking more Texans and Ravens. Is they're mashing up the divisional round Saturday, 4.30, 30, and Bank. So be sure to stay tuned for that. See you right back here tomorrow on Locked on Ravens.